Amateur Radio Newsline Report number 2362 with a release date of Friday, February 3rd, 2023 to follow in 5, 4, 3, 2, 1. The following is a QST. A ham club honors a combat casualty from the Vietnam War. Artificial intelligence gets on the air. And it's time at last to chase the Bouvet Island de-expedition. All this and more as Amateur Radio Newsline Report number 2,362 comes your way right now. From around the world, this is Newsline. Amateur Radio's independent, on-the-air news and bulletin service. And now reporting from Valparaiso, Indiana, here's Paul Brown, WD9GCO. Our top story takes us to Bouvet Island. DX Chasers, your ship has come in. That would be the sailing yacht known as the Marama which, in spite of windy, rainy conditions, stood by while a Zodiac made a difficult but successful landing on Bouvet Island with the 3Y0J team. As Newsline went to production, the team was setting up. Now it's time to start listening for signals from the second most wanted DXCC entity. In addition to the main 3Y0J station, you may want to listen for a limited operation of four additional call signs, 3Y7GIA, 3Y7THA, 3Y-LB5GI, and 3Y-LB1Q. For updates, see qrz.com and dxworld.net. In the United States, the Federal Communications Commission has finally put a piracy enforcement resource online that the agency says is late because of delays in funding. Ken Peterson, KC0DGY, brings us that story. A database and map displaying pirate radio enforcement actions taken by the FCC has gone live as part of an overall response to the Pirate Act passed by Congress. The database shows the agency's actions over the past three years following the Act's passage and includes consent decrees, landlord notice letters, and the $10,000 forfeiture associated with pirate operations. The FCC said that it was delayed until now in implementing the Pirate Act because of funding delays and challenges posed by the pandemic. The funding covers the cost of other actions, including enforcement sweeps and in-person investigations. To comply with that mandate, the agency needs to hire additional field agents and buy a half a dozen mobile direction-finding vehicles. Although the FCC has already posted openings for five agents and a field council, its purchase of six mobile direction-finding vehicles has been delayed because much of the funding remains delayed. Implementation of the Pirate Act was expected to cost $11 million, according to the Congressional Budget Office. Funds were not provided until last March, and only $5 million was available to the FCC at the time. The Pirate Act mandates enforcement sweeps in the top five markets. The Act also strengthened the agency's enforcement ability permitting it to take action against those landlords and managers who permit pirate operations on their properties. For a link to the map and database, see the text version of this newscast at arnewsline.org. This is Kent Peterson, KC0, DGY. The Ham Radio Club in one South Carolina town is honoring a Vietnam War combat casualty by ensuring his name is never forgotten. We hear those details from Kevin Troutman, N5PRE. In the combat jungles of Vietnam, he was a link to the outside world for his fellow Marine infantrymen. William Hunter Clyburn of Aiken, South Carolina, was a radio telephone operator carrying a radio and an antenna for vital communications. In May of 1970, another Marine tripped a wire attached to a Viet Cong booby trap, and the Aiken High School graduate who had been walking behind him was killed. 
His hometown remembers him well, but even more than that, the American Legion Club, W4RTO, has chosen to honor him. The Ham Club, established at the Post less than a year ago, now carries the Marine's name. There's a plaque at the Post's headquarters identifying the site as the home of Private First Class William H. Clyburn, Post 26 American Legion Radio Club. On January 24th, the club members also approved William Clyburn as an honorary member. The military had earlier awarded him a medal posthumously for combat valor. Now he serves as an inspiration in his home community where club members help youngsters study to get their radio license and where many members are looking for ways to deepen their own commitment to service in their own way. From Aking, South Carolina, this is Kevin Trotman in 5PRE. A construction and software contest in the UK is opening its door a little wider to give special attention to new and young radio amateurs. We have those details from Jeremy Boot, G4 and JH. New foundation license holders and young amateurs under the age of 24 are being given special recognition in the construction competition organised by the Radio Society of Great Britain. Competitors have until the 1st of March to submit their entries in four categories, Beginners, Construction Excellence, Innovation and Software. The competition is being held over the internet and the judging is is taking place online. The RSGB states on its website that the challenges posed are in recognition of the vital role construction plays in amateur radio. Details on how to enter can be found on the website that appears in the text version of this week's newscast at arnewsline.org. Cash prizes will be awarded in each category, and the overall winner will be presented with the bonus of the Pat Hawker G3VA trophy. The trophy is named in honour of Pat, who became Silent Key in 2013 at the age of 90. He had been the author of the Technical Topics column in the RSGB's Radcom magazine. This is Jeremy Boots, G4NJH. Young amateurs are a priority for one club in Kentucky, which is helping young candidates make use of a relatively new financial benefit from the FCC. Jack Parker, W8ISH, tells us what this means. One amateur radio club in Kentucky is making full use of an FCC measure that helps cover costs for amateur radio candidates under the age of 18. The Paducah Amateur Radio Association is encouraging local youngsters between 8 and 13 to join the club's program, which it calls Pre-Teen Talkers. The goal is to help them take the FCC licensing exam and get on the air. Last April, the FCC and the American Radio Relay League announced a negotiated agreement permitting volunteer examiners at amateur radio clubs to waive the $35 license fee for applicants under the age of 18 and to reduce the $15 ham radio testing fee to $5. Club Secretary Michael Durr, KN4TIP, told local TV station WPSD that those who pass the entry-level technician exam will become eligible for a free handheld radio to be given to them by the club. This is Jack Parker, W8ISH. In the Texas amateur radio community and beyond, hams are grieving the loss of an influential colleague of many talents. Professor Emeritus of Linguistics, country and bluegrass radio host, recording artist and performer, and not least of all, active radio amateur. 
Rodney Moog, W5NDS, was a rag chewer and a popular presence on 10 meters and elsewhere. He became a silent key on Thursday, January 19th at his home in Austin, Texas. Born with juvenile glaucoma, he became blind at the age of seven. He was first licensed in 1951 as W2KUV when he was a 14-year-old student at the New York State School for the Blind. Rod operated almost exclusively on AM and CW for more than 10 years before expanding into other modes. According to his bio in the Quarter Century Wireless Association webpage, he was the only active ham in his high school ham club, and he continued being active even into college. He remained an active ham throughout most of his 86 years. His talent in music and his academic work in linguistics took him to many places around the world, either touring as a musician or studying languages. In the late 1970s, while teaching at the University of the South Pacific in Fiji, he operated as 3D2RM. He was a former vice president of the Austin Amateur Radio Club, a longtime member of the Texas VHF-FM Society, and a life member of the ARRL and the QCWA. Time for you to identify your station. We are the Amateur Radio Newsline, heard on bulletin stations around the world, including the K3ALG repeater in Palmerton, Pennsylvania, on Sundays at 4.30 p.m. local time. Two years after its launch as a free resource for Irish amateurs, an online magazine is still going strong. Jeremy Boot, G4NJH, tells us about it. The only free monthly amateur radio e-magazine in Ireland is preparing to mark its second year of publication. The Connacht Regional News Magazine is seen as the voice of ham radio experimenters, innovators and homebrew builders. It has gained a following in Europe, the United States and a number of Pacific nations. The latest edition features a worldwide news roundup, as well as articles about various antennas, the 5 MHz band, and awards from the National Radio Society of Ireland. A number of clubs have also written updates on their activities, from fundraising, walks to annual general meetings. The editor, Steve Wright, EI5DD, told Newsline that the goal from the start has been to promote radio activities by various clubs and societies from both sides of the border in Ireland. The independent publication also reports on the Irish Radio Transmitter Society and the NRSI, the two national societies in Ireland. Steve told Newsline that the magazine is distributed free and it's easy to access from the qrz.com page of EI0CL or EI5DD. It also appears on the Galway VHF Group blog and on the magazine's own Facebook page. Best of all, over the last two years, the magazine has grown from a six-page publication in its earliest days to a full 30-page offering. This is Jeremy Bucci for NJH. Get ready for a special symposium that focuses on the needs of amateurs in Maritime Canada. Andy Morrison, K9AWM, helps us take a look at what's in store. Planning is getting underway for organizers of this year's Symposium for Maritime Amateur Radio Technology, which is being hosted by the Westcombe Amateur Radio Club in Nova Scotia on May 6th. Ham clubs throughout Nova Scotia, New Brunswick, 
Prince Edward Island and elsewhere play an active role in this annual event, which features a series of one-hour classes throughout the day and a variety of social gatherings. This is the sixth annual event, and its focus is on the technical and procedural aspects of ham radio as it relates to operating in the maritime region. John, VE1CWJ, will present a class on amateur radio use of satellites. Gordon, VE9GC, will discuss remote station operation. And Bill, VE1YY, Glenn, VE9GJ, and Jason, VE1PYE, will talk about making successful contacts on the 630-meter band. There will also be classes on the use of the Windlink radio messaging system and Whisper, or Weak Signal Propagation Reporter. Additional details about the event, known as SMART23, can be found on the website that appears in this week's text version of the newscast at arnewsline.org. This is Andy Morrison, K9AWM. If you want to work a de-expedition that isn't quite so remote as Bouvet Island, this story from John Williams, VK4JJW, might interest you. DX chasers who have their calendars marked for the Vanuatu de-expedition in December 2024 need to turn their calendar pages back by two months. The eight-member team has announced they will instead be heading to the South Pacific Island for their two-week activation in October of 2024. The operators are hoping to capitalise on the springtime propagation in the Southern Hemisphere and plan to participate in the CQWWDX phone contest. The activation site will be on the island of Efate, which is the most populated in the nation's archipelago. Efate boasts a robust tourism industry. Spouses and partners will be accompanying the team members whose average age is 70. The operators have said they expect to log more than 40,000 QSOs. Vanuatu is 1,500 miles from Sydney, Australia, and 3,000 miles from Honolulu, Hawaii. This is John Williams, VK4JJW. In the world of DX, be listening for Willie, ON4AVT, operating as 6W7 slash ON4AVT, from Warang, Senegal, on the 6th of February to the 31st of March. He is expected to be on 80 through 10 meters, using mainly FT8, with some single sideband and CW. He will also be making contacts via the QO100 satellite. QSL via Club Logs OQRS, or his home call. Listen for the call sign JD1YCC from Chichijima, Japan, IOTA number AS031. A group of Japanese operators will be active there from the 7th through the 13th of February. They will operate EME on 2 meters, 70 centimeters, and 23 centimeters. QSL via Logbook of the World or direct to JH3AZC. Listen for Gene, W8NET, using the call sign N8V from St. Croix, U.S. Virgin Islands, IOTA number NA106 from the 6th to the 10th of February. Gene will be using single sideband and FT8 on 80, 40, 20, 17, and 10 meters. He will also be activating three parks on the air locations. QSL via Logbook of the World, Club Log OQRS, EQSL, or direct to W8NET. Peter, G4HSO, is active holiday style as S79 slash G4HSO from the Seychelles until the 21st of February, concentrating on CW and VAR-AC. QSL via Logbook of the World, 
no paper QSLs. For our final story, we take a look at ChatGPT, the intensely popular chatbot launched late last year by OpenAI. It has quite literally become the talk of more than quite a few towns, if not the world. Now, it seems, it's also the talk of amateur radio. Ralph Squillacci, KK6ITB, explains. An enterprising ham in Manitoba, Canada, has found a way to use a voice recognition engine and a text-to-speech engine to give ChatGPT its own voice via transmission that occurs over D-Star. William Franzen, VE4VR, has been a ham since the 1990s, long before the age of today's modern digital modes, but he has almost always tinkered with voice repeater controllers. He told Newsline that those early projects really didn't take off for him. It was only after Amazon released its Alexa voice assistant that the project gained real traction. Five years ago, he successfully integrated voice assistant products with popular ham radio platforms. His recent addition of ChatGPT simply meant including it as one more platform. An article on the Hackaday website describes the process. A D-Star digital voice transmission is received and transcoded to regular digital audio. A voice recognition engine delivers the question for ChatGPT's AI. The AI's output then enters a text-to-speech engine, which delivers the question's reply over D-Star. William has registered the VE4 AVS call sign just for these applications. He stressed that all of this is still in the experimental phase. However, he posed one question that might prove too tough even for ChatGPT itself to tackle. Could the AI answer enough questions to qualify for a license and an upgrade on its own? We're listening for that answer. This is Ralph Squillacci, KK6ITB. Do you have a piece of amateur radio news that you think Newsline would be interested in? We are not talking about advertising your club's upcoming ham fest or field day participation, but something that is out of the ordinary. If so, send us a brief overview via the contact page at arnewsline.org. If it's newsworthy and we would like to cover it, we'll get back to you for more details. With thanks to Amateur Radio Weekly, Amateur Radio Digital Communications, the ARRL, Austin Chronicle, CQ Magazine, David Behar, K7DB, Eddie Misowitz, KB3YRU, the FCC, 425DX News, Hackaday, John, VE1CWJ, the Quarter Century Wireless Association, Radio World, shortwaveradio.de, Steve Wright, EI5DD, William Franzen, VE4VR, the Wireless Institute of America, WPSD Local 6, and you, our listeners, that's all from the Amateur Radio Newsline. We remind our listeners that Amateur Radio Newsline is an all-volunteer, nonprofit organization that does incur expenses for its continued operation. If you wish to support us, please visit our website at arnewsline.org and know that we appreciate you all. We also remind our listeners that if you like our newscast, please leave us a five-star rating wherever you subscribe to us. For now, with Karen Eve Murray, KD2GUT at the news desk in New York, and our news team worldwide, I'm Paul Brown, WD9GCO in Valparaiso, Indiana, saying 73. As always, we thank you for listening. 
Amateur Radio Newsline is copyright 2023. All rights reserved.